Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah K. Ramsey. I'm here with Christine Chang, who is the best-selling author of Show Up. She helps. She's also been a celebrity and lifestyle photographer, so she's got all these cool behind-the-scenes good things and in and in front of the scenes, right? I'm always talking about leading by example, and she is a high-achieving, independent female who got frustrated in her quest for love. Hey, Christine, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about Show Up. So my book, uh, I was inspired to write it uh, based on my dating experience before meeting my husband, which was a very frustrating time for me. Uh, What? (laughs) Dating is frustrating? (laughs) Like, are you kidding? No way. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, especially being a high achieving, ambitious woman where I felt like Everything in my life was great, kicking butt in my career, making good money. I love my friends. I got all these cool hobbies, but the love part of it seemed to be a challenge for me. Right. I mean, yeah. And so many females, right. And and isn't your work based around kind of like thinking something was wrong with you? And and my whole work is based around something so right with you. So, I mean, I definitely, uh, the universe sent us together for a reason. So my listeners are probably like, oh yeah, that's why Sarah got her. (laughs) Absolutely. That was absolutely the baseline feeling was, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. 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 And have you seen that with a lot of other females? Yes. Yes. And that, this is what inspired me to write the book as well is hundreds of conversations with other females who experienced the exact same thing. And I, I knew when I was going through it, there was a lot of time where I did feel alone, you know, and maybe ashamed and embarrassed about right. feeling this way. But I knew like deep down, I'm like, I can't be alone. And in talking to more women about it, I knew I wasn't. And yeah. so this book is to help women not only get clear on how to create the relationship of their dreams, but to also empathize and share my story and to let you guys know, you know, you're not alone in this. And that's so important in the world of social media, right? And you are like a photographer, right? You're, you're so perfect at making something look perfect and then feeling like, oh, my life has to look perfect because I'm this high achieving female when really the dating world was not perfect for you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I always try to remind people about, you know, if you're scrolling on Instagram or social media, you know, for every perfect photo you see of a couple, there's also hours of them getting annoyed at each other. And the the reality of life. The reality of life. Now, how long have you been with your husband? I, we got married two, two and a half years ago. We've been together over five years. Oh my gosh. Like, so it's pretty new. I mean, I still consider that. That is like the almost exact parallel between my husband and I like exact. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so we're right at the same, at at the same world in that. And I, it's just enough time. It's still pretty new, but when you've been with someone five years, there's a lot of data you've collected in that five years, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And also when you meet someone, when you're a little bit older, I mean, I feel like you're for myself, at least, I feel more confident who I am, mm-hmm. what my values are. So I think I did a better job choosing compared to if I chose 
someone in my twenties, good mm-hmm. God, dodged a bullet with that one, mm-hmm. probably, you know, like if the, the, if I chose someone I dated in my twenties, it probably would have ended up being a very difficult relationship just because yeah. I, I wasn't clear on who I was back then. And this is going to sound like a silly question, but scale one to 10 for a healthy relationship. How clear do you need to be on who you are before you figure out who you are in a relationship? I think you should at least be a nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we're always learning forever, sure. right? Even though you're married, like, do you still learn things about yourself? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you know, we're, we're constantly changing, especially if you are into personal growth and mm-hmm. high performance, you always mm-hmm. want to be the best version of yourself. So you yeah. are going to change. I must admit, I do have a slight growth addiction. Like I'm always like, oh, what can I improve on? But, but there's a difference in healing and growing. And if something bad has happened to us, we had a bad childhood, a bad dating experience, a bad divorce, a bad whatever, we can kind of get stuck in this cycle of healing. And yes. there's you can still grow, but it doesn't have to be because if you're healing, you're healing from a bad childhood. You're healing from a toxic mother. You're healing from a toxic ex. You're healing from something. And so it's about them. And growth can just be about you. Absolutely. And I, I go into that in my book about healing, um, yeah. getting, getting clear on the areas that you, that you need healing. Ooh, do tell girl, give us some I, areas of healing. I, uh, so I'll give you an example from a, a personal story of mine. So, uh, a lot of it is breaking down stories that you have about yourself or about relationships. And one of my stories, a lot of these cha- stem from childhood was I'm not important. And where that came from was, as a child, things like my parents being really late to pick me up from school. You know, like I'd be the last one on the playground. And, you know, sometimes like with daylight savings, it'd start to turn dark. And I mean, my parents were real; they were building their company when we were growing up. So they were just, they have a really good work ethic. They were all about that, about like survival mode. And sometimes they would send one of their employees to pick us up. So I felt like I wasn't important. And this... I brought it with me to adulthood. So that's why I would get so hurt when, whenever I didn't feel important. So if someone forgot to call me back, if someone was late picking me up and I'd be so sensitive to these things and I had to heal that to learn that those things that has nothing to do with me. If someone's late, someone's late, someone's late, you know, it doesn't mean I'm not important. So -hmm. that's one aspect. Um, one thing that I learned to heal. And I still have those triggers sometimes with my husband, if I feel butthurt about something. And I want to, I want to like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. yes, <laughs> you still have those triggers, right? Like there's this kind of this real idea that like, oh, magic fairy musical. And then like, you kind of get in a healthy relationship and it's like, ah, you know, everything's <laughs> perfect, you know, and it's really the pattern, right? There's some, pat- there's relationships that you've been in that I've been in. And the pattern was just toxic. It was awful. It was like every day was a new little version of yuck. And in a healthy relationship, everybody has bad days. Everybody has bad moments, but you don't, it doesn't tend to snowball. It's not the same pattern that you would have in a, in a unhealthy relationship. Right. Absolutely. So with the self-awareness, as you gain more self-awareness, you can catch yourself Mm -hmm. faster. You know, if you get triggered, uh, I think having the distinction of it's not personal. Yeah. Right. So you don't go back and you're not so quick to attack 
so, yeah. someone back. It's your fault. You know, blaming the yes. other person. It's yes. taking that self-responsibility. And your husband isn't your former boyfriends and your husband isn't your parents, right? Like they, Correct. they are their own set of data, right? So we don't want to bring all our past data yes. into this whenever possible. And that's why it is important to do that work, that healing work that you were talking about. Absolutely. And it's um, like with the self-love, you know, sometimes you'll see uh, on Instagram, people talking about self-love, like get mm-hmm. your hair done, nails done. Like that's the easy stuff. Uh, yes, easy yes, stuff. yes. I mean, the true self-love is when you're in the depths of feeling yeah. like crap and you're probably on the floor crying. And if you can love yourself through that and mm-hmm. you know, that trauma and healing work, that's where you'll make those big leaps. I love that. I love that. So what's the difference that you've seen with like high achieving women and in through the dating process? Sure. So uh, with high achieving women, I feel that they, the number, I'd say the number one thing that I see is they could be too picky in the beginning, Mm -hmm. Uh, not open because you want everything to be great. Right and perfect. And if you grew up watching Disney, a lot of times that narrative you you know you want it to be the best, but the reality is people are not perfect, right? So, yeah. So how? Let's dig into that a bit. Like, what is a red flag that's like whoa? And then what is like everybody's a human? Right. Right. So if you, uh, this is why in my book I talk a lot about self-awareness is knowing what's negotiable and what's non-negotiable. Perfect. Yes. Yes. Can you give us some examples? Yes. So for myself, something that was non-negotiable for me was that he doesn't smoke or -hmm. if he does, he's willing to give that up just for That's my husband's non-negotiable. How funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, whereas for someone else, maybe it's not a big deal to them, but for me, health was really important to me. And uh, taking care of your body and self-respect and things like that. So I, I that was a non-negotiable, like I don't want him to smoke, um, mm-hmm. at least not if he's with me. And uh, something that was negotiable, but my preference was that they didn't have kids mm-hmm. from a separate marriage or separate relationship, but that wasn't a deal breaker. I was still open to mm-hmm. it. Um, this was just based on my dating experience. I had dated some guys that did have kids and I just learned it's I'm probably not the right fit for that, but you never know. Like you said, this new person is not like the old person. I was still yeah. open. It wasn't like a, it didn't break like my value system. So it's, it, it's good yeah. to know your values. Yeah. And has, have you ever had relationships since this is like my listeners have been in toxic relationships typically. Um, so you know, are there any like behaviors like super, like everyone's always asking me for a red flag list, you know? And it's like, well, usually my response is, you know what red flags are. If I got a 13 year old girl in here and she was sitting here with me, I'd say, if he, if he lies to his friends or if he's ugly to you, or if he steals your food or <laughs> yes, <laughs> won't go to class, do you think these are red flags? They would be able to answer yes, but every high cheating female has put up with some of those red flags and ignored stuff to their detriment. Yes. Right. Right. So what are some red flags that, uh, since people just love the red flag conversation, what are some red flags that you would, uh, warn ladies against? Sure. So I think integrity is 
pretty important. I mean, that's my core value. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard anyone say that, like, I like a liar or it's okay if he <laughs> lies from time to time. So if, I'm into cheaters. Yeah. <laughs> if what they say and what they do does not match, that is a red flag. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is a red flag. Uh, another red flag is, uh, I mean, like a great first day question, I think is, uh, what are some of your pet peeves? Because to me, it's That's shows, a good question. Yeah. It also yeah. shows, do they tend to blame more or do they tend to take responsibility for the pet peeves? For example, do they say, oh my God, I can't stand the sound of chewing. It's so annoying. It's so disgusting. Or do they say something like, I don't know. I just have this weird thing with the sound of chewing. You know, I'm trying to work on it because that will show a lot about their character. That was so important. I just hope you really hear what she just said. Uh, any other examples on the blame thing or the not blame thing? Because that was just very insightful. That was great. Yeah, I think pr- taking personal responsibility, mm-hmm. especially if you, I mean, if you yourself have done some personal growth and some work, you want someone who can meet you there. Yeah, as well. So uh, another <laughs> first date question I like, or it doesn't have to be technically the first date, but as you're getting to know someone, I like to ask, so what have your patterns been with previous relationships? Ooh, yeah, I love that. That tells a lot about someone. It shows how much self-awareness they have. It shows if they still have healing to do, you know, how do they react to that? Do they even want to talk about it? And it shows how much personal growth they've done or if they're willing to do introspection. Now, would you ask those questions in person or would you do it? What about the whole like online dating, like text exchange, message exchange for in COVID an extended period of time? Yes. I think these kind of questions are usually better on the phone or face-to-face or over Zoom. Because you want to see how long it takes them to answer and like <laughs> exactly. your kind of reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, well, I mean, dating, dating in COVID, I think is, can be really great in a sense because we are, you would be forced to have more Zoom calls and get to know someone mm-hmm. instead of being distracted by entertainment and all the usual fun stuff that we jump yeah. into when we're dating, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, with these... Uh, conversations, I think on the phone or face-to-face, definitely. What are some other questions? I love asking questions. May I share one of mine? Yeah. What's funny? So I suggest, uh, what's your favorite thing about yourself? Oh, that's great. Right. And it's so telling, you know, what they, what they would say. Um, and, and it could be like, is it about work? Is it about their relationships? You know, is it, are they not confident? Are they too confident? It's like everything's my favorite, you know, <laughs> that can be just such a great, just a great question. Yeah, that's excellent. I'm going to, I'm going to add that. Cause I, I do get that question a lot. Yes. 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 Like what should yeah. I ask to get to know yes. someone? Yes. Yeah. Um, I like asking about their friends, like mm-hmm. who's your best friend and what's your favorite thing about them? Uh, it's a good sign if someone is able to have friends long-term relationships. That's so important to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So I do think it's a flag if they don't have any friends. Agree. Mm-hmm. And then if family is important to you, you can ask, you know, like how often do you see your family mm-hmm. and, you know, like see what their relationship is like to their family. Oh, that's awesome. Now, what about the conversation around past relationships, right? If someone's been in a yucky situation or been through a divorce, like a couple of the things 
my listeners tend to do is like over explain. Like they think it's like close if they're like, okay, and then this happened and then this happened and this is the trauma work I'm doing. And I'm like, don't do that. Right. Because then your dating brand is she who still is not healed. Yes. Yes. Right. You don't need to dump all that at once. And they're used to hearing me say it. Why, why would you say that's a no go? It's, it comes off as very intense. And also, yeah. if you have to feel the need to over-explain yourself, I think there's a lack of confidence there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think that, I mean, if the person keeps asking questions about it, like detailed questions, you can answer it. I think it's healthy to talk about past mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but the in general, the the need to, if you feel the need to over-explain yourself, I do, it comes off as a lack of confidence. I agree. And or just off, like some things like, you know, um, it, it also, um, you know, we don't want our first dates, our first impressions to be about all the worst things that have ever happened to us. Right. Like focus on growth questions. Like one of the things she said, they were, those are questions focused on growth, not questions focused on healing. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because healing, I mean, healing, you can get to it down the road. Yes. You're not (laughs) lying. You're not lying. If you're not, if you say, you know, you don't say all the worst things and you just spill all your worst stuff right at the beginning. I think sometimes people do it as like, oh, oh, I have this question. I've heard some other dating coaches and they say, get to spill the red flags the earliest. Right. Like if you're living in your and I would love to know your opinion on this. Um, if you're living in your mom's basement, for example, this is a male dating coach. They said, go ahead and tell her if that's a deal breaker. Don't wait for four months to like the deal breaker, whether it be having kids, whether it be. Yes. Whatever that deal breaker you feel like is for you. Um, maybe like I've already been married twice. Right. Like yeah. if that's a deal breaker, would you suggest that someone just like. Try to fail. That sounds funny, but, but, but try, you know, I see people like, Oh, if I bring my, um, what do they call it? The, uh, the representative, if I bring my representative on the date. Right. And then, Oh, the, he likes the representative, but then four months, five months, six months later, when you're already attached, it just becomes this vicious cycle. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? I am always a fan of showing up authentically as you from the beginning, but I mean, it comes down to getting clear on what you want out of dating too. Because if you want to build a long-term relationship where it feels easy, where you feel safe to be you, and it's going to be long-term, I think in order to get that, you should be able to be the self-expressed version of you. Mm -hmm. And this, I mean, because if you think down the road, if you are bringing your representative on the you know first few dates and then down the road you're someone else it's going to be exhausting to try to keep up that representative also from the other person's point of view imagine if it was done to you imagine if a guy showed up and he you know and he was different in the beginning and then you learn like oh he's actually not like that at all I'd be like man thanks for wasting my time you know I like I would have liked to know in the beginning Yeah. It's just being kind, right. You know, being kind. And, um, I always tell women, I said, the more time you spend with Mr. Wrong, the less time you have to find Mr. Right. 
the best way to never find the right relationship is to be in the wrong one. Absolutely. And if you're high achieving, your time is very valuable. Absolutely. (laughs) Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, So what are some other things it's like you would tell people like, and no, like you're high achieving, don't waste your time, you know, move forward, move out quickly. Yes. Um, another piece of advice, I think getting feedback from friends and family that you Agreed. trust mm-hmm. is a good is a good idea. And sometimes it can be hard to get feedback. However, if something comes up from more than, you know, a couple people who are close to you, it's good to take it into consideration because we all have blind spots and maybe we don't know how we can come off to others. Uh, I had a good guy friend of mine tell me when I was single, he said, he said, maybe you come off too intense in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew he was right. I said, you're right. I right. Because I had so much, I wanted it to work out so badly that oh, no. even if I didn't say anything, the other person can totally feel that energy. Mm-hmm. So I worked on myself to, to calm down about that. And instead of wanting to get it right, I focused more on feeling good. What do I need to feel good here? Oh gosh, I love that question. Has that also taken away some of the, did that take away some of the pressure of dating for you? Absolutely. And I saw a different result as well mm-hmm. in, uh, in my relationships that they would uh, be more successful in that one. I felt good. Yeah. And you have to think about that because if you're doing something, what is the point if it doesn't feel good? Mm-hmm. Like, shouldn't dating be fun? Mm-hmm. You know, you can view it as curiosity, like you're learning about yourself that takes off a lot of pressure as well. It's like people I'm ready to like tag in this. And I'm going to say, do you remember what I said? Learn, you know, just (laughs) like think about, you know, taking the pressure off and saying, what can I learn about another person? And what can I learn about myself in this situation? And those are your only goals for the first date, you know, not to have fireworks and whatever. Right, right. Approach it with curiosity. That helped me so much. Um, Yes. And it, I was less hard on myself as well when I approached it with curiosity because then I, I mean, a lot of times when a relationship wouldn't work out, I would feel like a failure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I did not like that feeling, but it, it just, it's not true. It's all you're doing is you're meeting people, you're meeting people, you're learning about them. You're learning about yourself. And I mean, the person that you end up with is special, you know, they, they are very special. So if they're not, coming up right away, just know it's because it's special. And it's like those, those right components have to line up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what would you tell women about um, the next time we meet? uh, Let's do the, uh, what special things can come up and like that patience in the game. But um, you know, if there is a female and she's in the dating game and she feels like that sense of failure, uh, what advice would you give her? Uh, that, <laughs> uh, number one, recognize that's an area that you have to heal. Yeah. is feeling like a failure. And also relationships aren't, uh, that might spill over from work and being an achiever, right? If you don't achieve it, then Very. you're a failure. Or you that's just so, feel, yes. I think the baseline is uh, I'm not good enough. You yes. feel like you're not good enough. So work on that. What? What do you need to feel good enough? Are you looking for these external things to make you feel good enough? Yes. Can't you just be good enough on your, you know, just showing up? And I mean, this also probably stems from childhood as well. I never felt good enough growing up because my parents always pushed me 
to excel because yeah. they value accomplishment and achievement. So mm-hmm. I thought I was good enough and I was valued if I could get trophies and be number one in my class and get straight A's and all that. So mm-hmm. I did put importance there mm-hmm. where when it comes down to it, you're good enough. You know, sometimes if you just want to stay in bed and or like on the couch and watch TV, that's fine. You don't have to be hard on yourself for that. It's fine. So, so I, I had to rewire myself to talk to myself how I wish my parents, you know, would talk to me just to be a little more gentle. I agree with that. I, I did high performance coaching. Um, like I signed up for high performance coaching and I thought, yeah, they're going to be so hard on me. And then I'm going to like be able to do more and accomplish more. And they were like, you should sleep in more. You should rest. And I was so mad, right? Because here I am a high achiever. Like, I want to go faster, go harder, accomplish more. add a little more to little trophies to my shelf or whatever. And they were like, you should slow down. You should rest. And they were, they were seeing me heading towards burnout. Mm. Right. And the impression I was giving off, it wasn't in dating, but the impression I was getting off is rushed, not present, mm. not grounded. Ah. Like, these are not sexy qualities. Like, no, and, and you know, neediness is not sexy, not feeling like you're worth it. And you're bringing that self into your, into a date. And it's like, oh, I really need you to like me. That is not sexy. It is not sexy energy to bring in. Right. Absolutely. And I wonder, is your husband, does he ground you? He is the most peaceful, peaceful place in my life. Yeah. Yeah. He is the most peaceful place in my life. Yeah. I do find that uh, a lot of high achieving women tend to choose men who are very grounded and very peaceful. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then we can, if we spin out a bit, we can like come back home to him. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. Because I, that's exactly what I wanted. I said, I want to be the crazy one and I want to come back home and for it to be my safe place. Okay. So you're twins officially, like (laughs) official twins now, because that is exactly how I feel about it. Christine, thank you so much. We're going to do part two with Christine. So you can get more of her, check out her book, show up anywhere else they can find you. It, uh, my website is christinechang.com. Chang is spelled C-H-A-N-G. And then I'm also on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at C-Chang and Co. And we can put that in the show notes so people don't have to remember it. But we're not <laughs> done with Christine yet. We're just checking in. This is part one. And we're checking in with part two. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.